This is the Retirement Key Podcast with Abe Abish, founder of Abish Financial Services. I'm Abe Abish, retirement planner and founder of Abish Financial Services, where we specialize in helping our clients build custom retirement plans. And we believe one of the most important things, if not the most important thing for every retiree to have is a clearly defined income plan for the years after they leave their working world. And for everyone, Social Security is a super important part of their retirement income plan. But as you may have heard, the Social Security system is likely in trouble. There is a lot of concern over the fact that unless Congress acts, there could be benefit cuts by 2034. So today, we're talking to David Dooley. David, welcome to our show. It's great to be here, Abe. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. David is the founder of Plan Gap and the co-founder of Social Security Risk Score. He knows the program inside out and is one of the most sought-after Social Security experts in the country. And so, David, Social Security is a huge decision for our clients, one that every retiree needs to get right. But with the lingering threat of potential future benefit cuts, many are wondering if their Social Security check is even going to be around. If it is, is it going to be reduced? If it's going to be reduced, how do they fill the gap? So that's what I'd like to talk to you about today, what those options might be. But first off, why don't you just give us a little bit of a background on yourself, how you even got here, you know, where you grew up, and then how do you got to the point where you are such a great Social Security expert? Well, thank you, Abe. Yeah, the genesis of all this is very interesting. I was fortunate enough to be born in Flint, Michigan. That's sort of where I spent the first 18 years of my life. And most people know that that was the birthplace of General Motors, at one point the largest corporation in the world. So a lot of my family and friends were affiliated with the automobile industry, affiliated with General Motors. And so it's interesting that I, I was able to witness, and if you chart the history of General Motors, you saw that it went through some really hard times, right? Oh, it yeah. actually went through bankruptcy. And at one sure. point, that was never imaginable. And so I grew up with this idea that big companies were risky. And so I became an entrepreneur at age 23. I started my wow. first company because I thought, wow, you know, I don't want to show up someplace, put 25 years in, and then on a Tuesday say, we don't know if we don't need you anymore. And, mm-hmm. and all the plans and all, a lot of the pensions were renegotiated, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, I, I had a very good career as an entrepreneur and I was kind of looking for my next thing. And this is sort of how it leads into me being curious about Social Security. I was on a flight and I overheard an older couple and they were concerned about the direction of America and brought up what you just brought up, which is what's going to happen when Social Security runs out of money. I don't trust it's going to be there. And I, as a younger person, thought, you know, I'm not really counting on Social Security. I don't think it's going to be there. But the fear in their voice was like the fear I heard growing up in Flint, Michigan. Like, is General Motors going to lay us off? Is General Motors going to change our retirement plan, et cetera, et cetera? I thought, certainly there's something these people can do. Certainly there's a way they can help fill that gap. Certainly there's some information out there to find out if they're really at risk for Social Security cuts. And unfortunately, a lot of those things didn't exist. And so five years ago, we went on a mission to try to provide those answers and solutions to Americans. That fear that you mentioned, that couple that was on the plane with you, that uncertainty, that questioning and doubt is real. I mean, it sits with almost every single person and couple that we meet with here in our office, David. And it's because of just all the news and press out there about it. Is it going to be around? And if it is, can we rely on it? I mean, and and our younger clients, um, and we don't have many that are under age 55, but a few, they're like, they're not even counting on it. 
you know, and for myself, I'm in my forties. If it's around, it's around for me. And I hope it is because I've been paying into it. Uh, however, I'm not going to be dependent on it. I'm not going to be dependent on it at all. Again, if it's there for us and uh, my generation, probably just icing on the cake. I've heard you say that social security could be the retirement income pandemic of the next decade. And I've also heard you say that social security is really the largest annuity in the history of mankind. So why don't we do a little history lesson here and go back to that first person that received a social security check and what was wrong with it then? What was wrong with the program then? And where have we gotten today with it? Yeah. So very interesting. This story kind of sums up one of the large structural problems of Social Security. So if you go back to that first recipient, that first recipient's name, the woman was Ida Mae Fuller. And Mm -hmm. Ida contributed three years into the system. You know, we all pay our FICA tax. She paid hers and she put in almost twenty five dollars. And so she then turned the income stream on at that time. The full retirement age was sixty five. It's now sixty seven. But at that time, 65, and she turned it on, and she actuarially was only supposed to live a few more months. People were living a little bit past 65 at that time. And so she turned it on. She got her first check. Her first monthly check was for like $22. Hmm. And then the next month came, and (laughs) then she lived to be 100. Mm -hmm. And so in that time, she contributed $25, and she took out almost $23. Three thousand dollars wow. for like a ninety thousand percent return on her investment, and so what that shows. So before crypto, it was yeah, the right. first, <laughs> and, and and so what that shows is that longevity plays a massive role in what the liabilities are for this program, mm-hmm. and as people live longer, the drain, the strain, the pull on the system becomes exacerbated. And back then there were five, six people contributing to the system for every retiree. Mm -hmm. Now we're approaching two and a half because Mm -hmm. of the demographic shifts. Right. And so the math just isn't working. And so you're right. I have called it the retirement income pandemic because Mm -hmm. the reality is if you have two and a half million dollars or less of retirement savings, Social Security is going to play an important role in your retirement plan. Sure. Just if you use, if you have a million bucks, done everything right. You've paid into the system. You have a 4% withdrawal rate, right? And there's, I know, debates around that, but you're able to pull $40,000 down a year. And let's say you want to live off 80,000. Most likely Mm -hmm. social security is going to be 40, $50,000 in that household. So now that's Mm -hmm. half of your retirement income. Mm -hmm. So what happens when, you know, the fears come true that the government's talking about, that the politicians today are talking about a lot during an election year. And so, yep. That's what's in store for us. So with that, studies show that program reserves could dry up by 2033, 2034. Now we're talking about just 10 years or less away. I mean, we've been, you know, educating the community here on retirement for well over a decade. And we were talking about these problems back then. Now we're just 10 years or less away from seeing problems. And as you've mentioned before, uh, these problems won't get fixed till the last possible hour. So right. 10 years from now, uh, we could likely see a benefit cut of 20% on everybody's Social Security checks. What That's do you right. think will happen at that point? Because you hear things like full retirement age getting pushed back to 70, 72. You hear things like taxes going up. A lot of our clients are concerned with that. What do you think can be done to save the program? And what are your thoughts on the ways that you think Congress will need to step in to help? That's a great question. And my thoughts on this have changed since I started sort of 
this company and this mission five years ago to where I am today. Five years ago, I think there was a common thought that people at or near retirement probably wouldn't be affected by change, right? And that their, their Social Security is probably baked in, they've contributed, they're close. And I used to believe that until I looked at the data. And the, the reason I've changed my mind, and a lot of people that I know kind of in think tanks have changed their mind, is the demographic shift of the voting electorate. And so let's say primarily we're talking about baby boomers, Social Security reform. That 10-year mm-hmm. time frame mm-hmm. is, again, mostly baby boomers that are at or near retirement mm-hmm. still. Some mm-hmm. Gen X, but mostly sure. baby boomers still. Right. And so you look at that and say, how much of the electric do they represent, the voting power? Four years ago, boomers represented 50% of the voting power. Mm. Ten years from now, they're only going to be 20%. And we know younger generations have different real priorities, which is different than bailing out the boomers. It's the, where sure. the whole OK Boomer movement came from. Free college Gen- and things like yeah, that. Yeah, free college, <laughs> free child care, loan mm-hmm. forgiveness, climate mm-hmm. change. And so are those generations going to vote for higher taxes, extending their retirement on the backs of bailing out the boomers? There's a lot of people that don't think so. And I am actually now one of those. And what I do believe is going to happen, and I think COVID gave us an indication of what this might look like, is politically an across-the-board cut is probably low probability of happening, right? But what that means is targeted cuts are going to probably have to happen. Mm. And you hear the word means test a lot. Yep. Means yep. test is already used in Medicare with Irma mm-hmm. brackets. We're already mm-hmm. seeing it. It's a popular technique. Mm-hmm. And then we saw during COVID stimulus means testing, $75,000 of income or above, started getting means tested to 100,000. Government had all that data already available to them. They didn't even have to ask you. And so I strongly believe that politically they're going to go after the quote-unquote rich. What we found out, though, is that really almost the top 18% of Americans didn't get COVID stimulus checks, and they were somehow labeled rich, by the government. But I think we can all agree the $75,000 doesn't make you feel really rich these days, right? Not a lot, not a lot of money. Not a lot of money. And what I know probably about a lot of your clients and people that are really listening to this is they want to take control and they want to do the right things and have done the right things. They've paid into the system. They probably have money saved away and they could be in the crosshairs, right? Mm. You do the right things and you're in the crosshairs of government reform. And so one other thing that I know you've heard me say is what we wanted to do, and I know what you want to do, is build retirement income plans that aren't subject to political football. So you can have that peace of mind and control that whatever's on the debate stage, whatever happens in D.C., I know my plan's resilient to that. That's right. Well, we definitely get the political football here in the D.C. metro area, David. And uh, there's so much that we can't control. So we try to tell our clients to focus in on what we can control. That was going to be my next question to you. So we have already seen means testing uh, with the Medicare program. We've seen it in Australia. We've seen it in Canada. We've seen it in the U.K. And that is a a huge concern for almost everyone coming in. Most of our clients are 55 to 75 years old. They're always asking, do you think we need to worry, Abe? So, David, for people in their 50s and 60s, early 70s, at the doorstep of retirement, Someone who's already retired, do you think they need to worry? I just want to be clear here. Do you think they need to worry about changes in the program? Yeah, I do. I think that those at or near retirement, depending on their asset and income levels, will be targeted to pay their fair share upon these reforms. 
there's no way politically that a cross the board cut can happen without asking the affluent or quote unquote rich or those with assets to chip in first. Because then you're going to see that there's really not enough of those people to add real any solvency to the system. Maybe a couple of years. And guess where they're going to go next? Everywhere else. And so, again, people that have saved 500, a million, you know, anything above that are kind of in the crosshairs. And why do we know that? Because look what happened in Australia. You, you mentioned it just a moment ago. $608,000 or more of retirement assets got means tested to zero of their Social Security being mm paid. Hmm. And so there's this misunderstanding, I think, out there that there's no way they can test assets. Well, the government, I think we've learned, can kind of do whatever they think they can no. get away with. And if you're forced to attest whether or not you have assets and you lie, there's repercussions to that, right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. that's what happened in Australia. So if you have to attest saying, hey, how much retirement assets do I have? Yes, they can means test it that way. And so the math does not fundamentally work in any scenario without benefit cuts in some form or fashion. The rules of the game constantly change, and that's that's a difficult thing to, to keep up with. So if these possible Social Security problems become a reality in the years ahead, we're talking just 10 years away probably, people right. want to know what options they have to potentially replace a reduction in their income. You founded uh, and co-founded Social Security Risk Score. So let's talk that's about right. how that tool works, because obviously you wanted to provide tools to middle Americans to help solve this problem. How can someone help figure out where they stand now? What kind of proactive steps can be taken to fill this potential gap down the road? Great question. So yeah, what we discovered is at the end of the day, people want to know what happens in D.C. and how that affects them personally. And there wasn't really a, a deciphering tool out there that says, based on my unique information, Abe's unique information, Dave's, Dave's unique information, how likely am I to be affected by some of these proposals? And what would have happened if, if I was around during the 1983 reform? Would I have been affected? Stuff like that. And so like a credit report, you take this quiz, you enter in some data, and it shows you what are some of your risk factors of where you might want to pay attention as different reforms are debated and talked about. Will that affect me or not? And so, A, it's to be wide-eyed and crystal clear about what might affect you, what's being debated, and it kind of gives you that tool. And to your point, it, it gets updated every year, like a credit report, because the rules change every year. The ideas change every year. The administrations often change. And so we have to stay on top of that. Second is you then have to look, okay, if these things were to come to pass, how do I find other guaranteed income sources that I can rely on so I have a good base? For most Americans, Social Security is their base income source. So let's pick a number and say, okay, if that number drops 25, 50%, how do I at least have somewhere that establishes a base of guaranteed income? Uh, the old saying, you know, Social Security is a source of guaranteed income. Well, mm -hmm. this whole episode is about the fact that it's not a guaranteed source of income. Right. And the fact that on the Social Security statement, it says it's not a guaranteed source of income and that mm -hmm. there, if things don't change, it will be reduced. So mm -hmm. let's be smart about that. And what we wanted to do is build not only the diagnostic tools through the Social Security risk score, but also bring innovative products to market that say, hey, if things do happen and I'm affected by those reforms in a negative way, I have some port in a storm to go to. I have some product that will pay an additional benefit or provide me some additional guarantee uh, if those things come to pass. So I don't have to worry about it. I can have peace of mind. I can plan for everything else in my retirement.
we're always running all these scenarios with our clients, right? What if this, what if that, and just testing everything. And so there's all this risk out there, tax risk, stock market risk. Right. We now have policy risk that could affect right. Medicare, Social Security, things like that. So if you're concerned about your Social Security benefits and what may happen to the program in the years ahead, we can help you get your own Social Security risk score, plus show you options on ways that you may be able to put guardrails around your retirement income plan in general. Just go to our website, theretirementkey.com. You'll see information right at the top of the page. You can fill out a form, and someone from our team will reach out soon after to speak with you and to see if there are ways that we can help. We also have links posted in the show notes, so you can just click there or find us again at theretirementkey.com. David Dooley, it's been great having you on our show today. Thank you so much for joining us as a guest and uh, talking to us about Social Security, and it's been great having you on our show. It's been a real pleasure, and thank you for the good work you're doing on letting people know and empowering them with solutions. So thank you. Thank you, David. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Key Podcast with Abe Abish. To learn more about Abish Financial Services, visit theretirementkey.com. And join Abe for his radio show, The Retirement Key, Saturdays at 8 a.m. and 2 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. on WMAL. Investment advisory services offered through Abish Financial Wealth Management, LLC, number 310633, a registered investment advisor firm. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Abraham Abish is licensed in your state, please call 571-577-9968. Abish Financial Services is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Abish Financial Services, Inc., Virginia Insurance License, number 127820. Thank you.